0: what I'm trying to do in my yard is, is um, let things be happy. And those are the things that grow. And it's kind of, um, you know, since I, the book came out, I mean, it's crazy what's happening here. I mean, everything is so freaking happy. It's almost like I um, it's out of control. Like, and, and I'm not talking about weeds, you know, my roses are like so high, I can't even like reach them. And, you know, I have so many tomatoes, and zucchini. I mean, it's just, so there's a, a kind of a joy and happiness that's happening here that um, I didn't do anything, you know, I didn't put any chemicals on it. I, you know, I didn't even like do extra compost. You know, it's just, it's the energy of everything kind of happy that is making everything thrive.
1: Welcome to The Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Okay, let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Maria Rodell. And Maria is an explorer in search of the mysteries of the universe. She is the author of a great new book, Love, Nature, Magic, Shamanic Journeys into the Heart of My Garden, as well as Organic Manifesto and Scratch, and is also the author of children's book. Uh, She's a children's book author, Mrs. Pinochle. She serves on the board of the Rodale Institute and is also a former board co-chair, Throughout her life, she has advocated for the potential of organic regenerative farming to heal the damage wrought by pesticides and industrial agricultural practices and their toxic impacts on human and planetary health, including reversing climate change. She was featured in a great documentary, Kiss the Ground. She is also the recovering CEO and chairman of Rodale, Inc., and also published the magazines, Men's Health, Women's Health, Prevention, Runner's World, Bicycling, and Organic Gardening, among others. Maria is a mother, a grandmother, an artist, a crazy gardener who lives in Pennsylvania, right near where she was born. Maria, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's such it's such an honor. Um, and I've really been enjoying Maria's new book, which we're going to get into. But I'd love for you to talk about. So you know, you you talk about being this crazy gardener, and you're you know into the environmental movement, of course, with your family. Um, but also, as 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 I was saying, you're a Former executive CEO, maybe just talk about your background in the, in the world, the corporate world and, and as well as, you know, being an environmentalist, just talk about your background a little bit.
0: Sure. Um, so I was, you know, born into a family business and, um, like, like many family businesses, you know, all of us kids were expected to, you know, work in the business and, and do our part and, um, uh, I ended up being um, very involved and focused with my father, both on the environmental organic gardening Rodale Institute side, but then you know on the business side as well. And then um, he was killed tragically when he was only 60 years old, and I was about 28, and that led to uh, you know a couple decades of. Me helping my mother to run the business, and then eventually me running the business. And um, it was it was quite a, a you know a large global business. We had you know, men's health was in ninety nine countries around the world. Um, we had you know millions and millions of website users and sold all kinds of books, everything from Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth to the South Beach Diet. So it was a very broad and diverse kind of but media based role that I played um, managing all these different businesses and trying to kind of get them to work together um, during a time when, as many people now realize, you know, publishing and the media industry were kind of crumbling due to the the rise of Google, amazon facebook which sucked all the advertising dollars out of normal media and gave people content for free so they didn't have to subscribe to a magazine to get information they would just go to google and you know voila they they knew what they they wanted so all that time which is very stressful um and very dynamic also uh gardening was my solace (laughs) Um, gardening and landscaping specifically also vegetable gardening but you know really just creating a landscape to kind of be a place where I could go as a refuge from all the craziness and chaos in the business world and um, in a family business Um, so that's that's where I landed I landed in the garden after we sold the business
1: (laughs) beautiful beautiful and was that something you went to school for as far as business, or was or was that something you were just thrust into?
0: Well, when I was younger, I thought I was going to be um, an artist and also a children's book author. Um, but I became a unwed mother when I was twenty. So at that point, I decided I should probably get some serious college education. Um, in addition to an art education. And I, um, so I have a double degree in communications and art. So, I mean, the communication side and the really, I mean, I think if it wasn't for the fa- family business, I probably would have gone into the sciences like anthropology or things like that, um, which really is what business is all about, which is understanding human behavior relationships, um, how things all work and what makes people want to do things and not do things. So, um, but do I have an MBA? No. Do I think Mm -hmm. they're worth it? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) And I've known a lot of people who have them.
1: (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's, let's talk about this new book. So, so as you said, gardening, well, you write it, you write in the book, you know, gardening and landscaping are your art, they're your art, but also your, as you say, your solace. Mm-hmm. So, but the, 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 second part of this book is shamanic journeys. Tell, tell me a little bit about what is a shamanic journey and how did you get into that?
0: <laughs> well, shamanic <laughs> journeying is something that is universal to this people on this planet. It's every culture does some form of it. And it's, it's basically a, a form of meditating to the sound of a drum or a rattle to a rhythmic sound where you're not like trying to, you know, empty your mind and everything like, you know, Zen meditation, but you're actually traveling to other worlds. And there's, you know, one of the um, people who studied shamanism and wrote, you know, an Epic book about it. um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. You know, he calls it core shamanism and, you know, Mm -hmm whether you're journeying in Siberia or South America or Australia, it's the same world. You know, there's an upper world, a middle world, a lower world, you know, there's like power animals and and guides. So it's, it's, to me, it was really fascinating. And I got into it about 10 years ago when I was really looking for, um, you know, people kept asking me as the CEO of the publishing company, you know, like, what's your vision? You know, what's your vision for the future? What, like, where are we going? You know, how are we going to survive this? And, and, and at the same time in my personal life, I was also, I've always been very interested in all the different religions and spiritualities. So I was like, Oh, you know, I took a course at Esalon in California, which is, um, you know, really cool kind of, spiritual exploration place and that's where I learned to journey and I fell in love with it um unfortunately what I realized was that my vision for the future and for my future and for the future you know I I could see what was happening and that the company was not going to really survive as much as I logically wanted it to I also knew um that that wasn't the direction I or the company needed to go in. So, um, so it was really helpful. Very Mm. useful. It's a useful tool.
1: Well, you, and you write that it's, um, shamanic journeying is a tool for speaking directly with my garden and all of nature. And I mean, I found it, I found it really fascinating about Maria about in terms of like what you as you, as you refer to it as a major awakening that you had and a shift in how you saw things is really, is really fascinating to me. Maybe if you want to speak to, you know, that shift that happened in you, that change that happened to you, that awakening that happened in you, because I think reader or readers, I think listeners will find that uh, really fascinating.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, first of all, just to be clear, I don't use any um, plant medicine or drugs to journey you know it's really just a sound based thing and and I've been doing journeying for like eight or nine years, and like you know I've had little awakenings here and there and everything, but the you know the real awakening that happened that led to this book and led me to shift my view of nature was um was you know during the pandemic, and I was determined to have like the perfect beautiful garden, you know, like I'd seen in magazines my whole life, you know, especially british. In French garden magazines. Um, and uh, I was trying to eradicate this weed called mugwort, which I had been told was an invasive weed. Um, and, you know, I looked it up in Google and it was like, you know, with Roundup and blah, blah, blah. And, but I, so I was out there kind of stabbing at this plant and I just kind of took a, took a, a step back and looked at the plant. I felt it trying to get my attention and, you know, say, like, you know, hey, <laughs> time out. Can we just like talk about this for a minute? <laughs> we just have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, at that point, um, I was doing a weekly journeying session with a, a bunch of um, local women by Zoom because, you know, it was the pandemic and we we're just trying to kind of stay sane. And I was like, I wonder if I could, you know, talk to Mugwort. And what happened was, um, you know, I started communicating with with Mugwort. And she told me, you know, that, you know, plants rule the world. And, you know, you can say, oh, plants rule the world. But when, you know, when you're journeying, it's like you you feel it and you see it. It's like you see how that's so true, you know, like we could all die tomorrow in a nuclear disaster, but the plants are going to keep going. You know, they're going to just come back and like absorb everything. Plants and trees have been here like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, and they're going to be here after us. So, so we, you know, in the environmental movement, it's like, Oh, we got to save the planet or you know save the forest. But actually really um, we need to, we need to save ourselves. (laughs) And that means like learning to listen and cooperate and have a relationship with nature in a way where we're listening to to, to what nature um, needs and wants. And what they want is to be free. (laughs) And they want us to like relax and calm down and just like stop trying to control everything.
1: (laughs) Mm. So. So Maria, would you say it's through this shamanism that you're, that you were able to have this, this communication, this relationship with nature that maybe you didn't have before?
0: Totally. You know, like, and I've, I've been, you know, I've heard, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I took a workshop with Robin Wall Kimmerer who wrote Braiding Sweetgrass and, you know, it's just like, Hey, you have to listen to nature. And it's like, you know, and we had to go outside and sit and look at a plant and listen and that's important and essential but it's a different kind of listening when you're in a journey because you're actually talking they're, they're they're using their words or they're using images to in your mind's eye to explain things so i personally got got and i think you know anybody can try it it's not that hard um a much deeper understanding of the soul of these plants and animal beings, you know, and why they exist and what they, you know, what they want from us (laughs) to, to, for all of us to be healthier and happier.
1: Mm. I'm just, I'm just curious about like the process. Like how, how do you get into this?
0: The basic steps are first, you know, create like a safe, quiet space. You know, I journey right here in this room on a couch. Um, you know, you don't have to be outside. In fact, you know, you know, you don't want to be outside when you're getting like bitten by bugs and stuff. You want to be in a nice, safe, quiet, private space. Um, the important thing is, and what I write about in the book, what Lisa, the shaman I work with does is open sacred space. And that's basically a prayer for protection, and it doesn't have to be what was in my book. You, could, you know, in fact, when I do it, I'm just you know say, saying, you know, okay, to the north, you know, please guide me and protect me and show me what I need to see. You know, thank you. And you go around the the medicine wheel. You know, north, um, east, south, west, and then the earth, and then the sky. And you're ask, you're call, you're, It's a kind of a calling in your your spirit guides, your animals, your ancestors, you know, your, the help to help you um, have a good experience. Um, then I lay down and I have a, a, the drumming on an app, which I again, I mentioned in the book what the app is. It's, you know, it's on my iPhone. And uh, I set the timer. I journey for 20 minutes. Lisa thinks 10 minutes is enough. It's really what you want um, to do. And it's good to have an atten- an intention. So for my book, each journey started with, I'd like to speak with mugwort, please, you know, um, or, you know, I, rabbit, you know, it's time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that
1: was an interesting chat chapter. Your your meeting with rabbit. <laughs> that, was, that was wild. I know.
0: And, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, what was amazing is that especially as I got going, the more I did, you know, these animals and bugs and plants, they showed right up and they shocked me and surprised me and delighted me with what the journeys were. Like, I mean, I'm a creative person, but like, I couldn't have made this stuff up, like just sitting around with a pencil and paper, like it's crazy. So and then the first thing you do when you stop when, you know, the drum calls you back, it gets faster and faster. And that's how, you know, it's like, okay I got to, you know, I got to go back. Oh, and also when you're starting a journey, it's important to like find what they call a portal, which is usually like a, you know, a hole in the ground or, you know, those weird kind of. I don't even know what you call them, the things at the base of trees that are like hollow. You know, you want to walk into an empty, a dark, empty space. And that's like the curtain opening to the other world. Um, And uh, and then when you're done, it's super important to just write down everything you can remember as soon as you can, um, because. That's how you remember. That's how you will remember. I mean, just this morning, I was going through some journals from 2018 and reading um, reading some journeys from back then, and it's like, oh my God, I understand them completely differently now, you know, than I did when they happened. So you want to capture that insight and preserve it, um, and then you know, thank everybody, close sacred space, and get on with your day. Mm. The whole process takes like an hour, you know, at most.
1: And and do you do it now? Do you do it pretty much every day?
0: No, 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 no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's too, it's, no. (laughs) no. I do it when I feel called Mm. and when I feel I have the space. So, you know, if there's a lot of people in my house, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Um, now, you know, again, with my book, I did it more than I usually do because I had a project and, and those nature beings were like knocking at my door saying, you know, can, can I be next? Can I be next? And, Mm. (laughs) um, so, um, I would say on, on average, I maybe do it once a month or maybe twice a month. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I love how you put it, you know, when you talked about your shift in perspective, how how you went from seeing like with the mugwort, from mm-hmm. seeing something as a problem to a teacher. Yeah. And as you say to help us grow, evolve. So, I mean, that's a that's a massive shift.
0: It is. It is. And it's and it it, it it's continuing to happen. It so it doesn't stop when the journey stops. You know, that journey is like opening a door that invites an ongoing relationship. And um, like just this morning, I. I didn't. um, I didn't journey to evening primrose, which is a weed, but, you know, it's a weed I've been pulling out and pulling out and pulling out forever. Um, And I went to a talk by Doug Tallamy and he's like, oh, well, that's an important host plant for, you know, the moth larvae that all these birds eat. So I was like, oh, I'm going to let them grow. You know, and just this morning I was looking out, you know, drinking my coffee and looking out the window and all the evening primroses blooming these yellow flowers. And there was a hummingbird going from flower to flower to flower. And I thought, it's like, oh, you know, like not only did I save time by not weeding, you know? <laughs> but I provided food for the birds, food for the hummingbirds. And it's a beautiful yellow flower at a time when like not much else is blooming, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, uh, it's like a path of love and pleasure, really.
1: Mm. Wow. You, you, you write something else in your book. I found really interesting where something else that you, something else that you learned, you say that life is really not about survival of the fittest, but rather survival of the happiest.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Can you speak on that a
0: little bit? Yeah. Well, um, you know, we, are trained in school, you know, um, about Darwin and survival of the fittest. And that's like the message. It's a very um, masculine message, you know, kind of an excuse to like work out and be strong and be cutthroat in the business world. And, you know, fitness has like this connotation of like not just strength, but like toughness and viciousness even. And, um, but when I started reading Darwin (laughs) and learning about Darwin, I realized that that's not really what he was talking about. That's not what really his primary message, his primary message was about adaptation. You know, that the beings that the nature beings that survive and thrive are the ones who adapt, you know? They, ch- they change their bodies, they change their behavior to whatever is happening. Um, so that's great. But then, you know, Darwin was also a product of his time, um, which was a very specific time of, you know, strong religious, you know, kind of rules and regulations and um, uh, social conservatism. conservatism. Um, and so, you know, I had this grounding in what he wrote about and what he meant originally, but then when I applied my observations to it in my own yard and in life, I realized that, um, you know, in order to adapt, you have to kind of want to adapt (laughs) and and really, and, and I think science is finding this now. It's like, it's not a competition anymore. It's a collaboration. So trees in the forest, if I don't know if you've read Suzanne Samard's book, Finding the Mother Tree, you know, she did the scientific research that shows that different species of tree collaborate and communicate with each other to help each other grow. And that is a form of like happiness, you know, and when they're separated, you know, into, into tree plantations, not only are they not happy, but they don't grow. So what i'm trying to do in my yard is is um let things be happy and those are the things that grow and it's kind of um you know since i the book came out i mean it's crazy what's happening here i mean everything is so freaking happy it's almost like i um, it's out of control like and <laughs> And I'm not talking about weeds, you know, my roses are like so high, I can't even like reach them. And, you know, I have so many tomatoes, and zucchini, I mean, it's just, so there's a, a kind of a joy and happiness that's happening here that um, I didn't do anything, you know, I didn't put any chemicals on it, I, you know, I didn't even like do extra compost, you know, it's just, it's the energy of everything kind of happy that is making everything thrive. I'm convinced mm.
1: that's amazing. I mean, you know, cause yeah, we think of, we think of, yeah, well, to have a great, to have a thriving garden where we need certain nutrients and we need, and I not to say that's not important, but, but, but you're saying there's another secret. There's a, there's another level here, which is your happiness, which is your elevated state energy frequency, whatever we want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you're saying like things your your garden has never been so happy.
0: It's it's exactly true. I even I'm starting to think, and I've talked to a couple of like um, landscapers about this that are in the uh, in you know working in this space. That um, you know I, I'm wondering if even plants need weeds, what we call weeds, in order to be happy. You know that's like just like. A forest is not healthy if it's just one plant, you know, one tree, you know, it's got to have a diversity of things. So it's like looking at your yard as like little forests everywhere Mm. (laughs) of wildness. And that's, you know, because nature is intelligent and conscious. So it's doing what it knows it needs to do. So why should I get in the way and stop it from doing that? Mm unless like I need to create a path to get somewhere or something like that.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Maria, a, a few final questions that I ask most everybody on the show is, n- number one, if, if someone's listening who's feeling a little powerless, maybe even a little hopeless, um, and they were sitting with you, what, what might you tell them?
0: Well, what I like to say is... <clears throat> um, start where you are. Like you have so much power within you and like within your reach. And that's where you need to start. Like no one person is going to quote unquote save the world, you know, like forget about it. But what can you do, um, right now today to, um, you know, pick up trash or like reach out to somebody and talk to them or, you know, plant something, go out and you you know, go out and like lay down on the ground and just listen to music. You know, like there's so many little things that you can do to like shore up your own happiness and joy and, and energy that then that can, spread to others and you can be more effective and do, you know, do, do do more good in the world. Um, But, you know, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, your skill is in podcasting and I'm, my skill is in writing or somebody else's skill is in, you know, making things. So we each, have. it's like, there's no one right way. You have to find your way that's brings you the most joy and that you're the best at doing And then just do it and have fun doing it.
1: Beautiful. And and then one last question here. If you could travel back in time, say 45 years or so, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self?
0: Believe in yourself. Don't let anybody make you feel small. Do not let anyone make you feel small and you were right you were always right (laughs) (laughs) just believe it (laughs) See, I, i you know i grew up at a time you know 70s 80s for a girl and a woman it was very challenging on every front you know both you know sexually and in business and, you know, in the family, it's really tough. And, uh, you know, fortunately I bullied through it and here I am today.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: And for those who would like to learn more about you, maybe get your new book, any of your books, um, (laughs) where, 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 where can they go to find more about you and your books?
0: Well, um, you can find more about me on mariarodell.com, which is my website. Um, you can order all my books on um, Amazon um, or your local bookstore, whichever you prefer. Um, and then um, I do a Substack newsletter called Life Unfiltered. So if you want to find out what I'm doing now and ongoing, that's that's the place to, uh, be in conversation with me. I'm also on Instagram, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are the things.
1: Maria, thank you so much. This was really fascinating. And, uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm really into the uh, shamanic journey. I think I'm, you know, I think I may need to, to give that a go. It sounds, it sounds amazing. And I just love your, your philosophy survival of the happiest. I think that's (laughs) just a great way of putting it. I mean, you know really I mean not just prioritizing it but you want to survive yeah. happiness is important
0: yeah and I mean that doesn't mean like I'm happy every day or everybody everybody should be happy every day you know like there's ups and downs to everything and you know but knowing that that you know that there's going to be an up after the down is also really important so
1: love that <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure and good luck. Thank you for listening to the Drew Perlman Show.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.